Welcome back to the 7pm Café Podcast. Today I interview Becca Roth, a custom designer, a dresser from Los Angeles, California. I met Becca in 2018 when we did The Little Mermaid together. I was a dresser as well. Please join us. Grab your coffee, your tea, your favorite beverage. Sit down and listen to us reminiscing about 2018 and our time in The Little Mermaid and the celebrities we met. Enjoy. a new episode of the 7 p.m. Café Podcast. We have today Becca Roth. She lives in California. She has a BA in technical theater with an emphasis in costuming from California State University on Long Beach. She costumes since high school as a hobby and then officially started theater in 2014. And can you tell us how we met? Backstage for The Little Mermaid or what was it? Soundstage Live? That's what they're yeah. called, right? Yeah. Welcome to the 7 p.m. podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be making my podcast debut with you, a good friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about how you start customs? How you got an interest in it? Um, okay. So back in high school, my sister and I were huge nerds. No, we're still huge nerds. We're huge, gigantic nerds. We're just very geeky. Got really into Japanese culture, like many of my friends were into. Well, and that actually started like back as a kid with Sailor Moon and stuff, you know. But then we found out that there were like conventions and stuff and that people would like wear costumes of characters that they like. Um, but beyond that, uh, my, my grandmother has been sewing my entire life and I've always been very close with her. She actually helped raise us a lot of the time because my parents were working. So she'd watch us in the summer and make us stuff and it was great. So, um, so my sister and I came to her and we're like, we want to make costumes for this convention. And she was like, okay, mostly I quilt and make Barbie clothes, but we'll figure it out. I know how to read a pattern. So we started learning how to make costumes. And then I, I remember in high school, I ran into my mom's sewing kit and I was like, what are these things? How do I use them? Because I'd been, I'd been making clothes for my dolls and like ripping up my clothing and tying it back together and stuff like that for ages. And I wanted to figure out, hey, how do these things go together? I was just like trying to figure out what makes them, how do all of these work, you know? So, so I was just trying to figure it out on my own. And then I went to community college um, and I took a sewing class and it was just beginning sewing. And I, I actually, the class was quite full. So I actually had to bring my own, and it wasn't even my sewing machine, it was my mom's sewing machine. So I had to bring my own sewing machine into class. And after that, it was like, oh yeah, I'm never stopping. <laughs> yeah, so I've just been taking classes and exploring on my own and reading tutorials ever since. So that, that was the start of sewing and costumes, but I didn't, I didn't really get into theater until a couple of years later, because I started off mostly in, in fashion, I guess. So a couple, of, a couple of years later, I was watching a movie, and I was really bored by the movie. I just kind of noticed that I was spending way more time 
looking at the costumes than I was at the movie itself. Like, wait, hang on. Costuming is a career. I could learn how to be a costumer. The theater department at my community college had like a beginning to costuming class. I remember I was I was really nervous the first day because like, but they're theater people. They mm. act in stuff. I <laughs> I've never done anything with theater. I can't go to this class. Wound up being the best in the class because I had been sewing for so long already and working with patterns and stuff. Do you remember your first gig in theater? Yes. Um, yes. Okay, well, my first my first non-paid gig play that I worked on was called A Delightful Quarantine, but I was just like a stagehand for that one. But yeah, my my first uh my first costuming job being on the costume crew was for a a version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde that was also at Long Beach City College. Yeah. So those were my first two gigs. Since we work together in The Little Mermaid, let's talk a little bit about it. So for me, I was new to Los Angeles. I just moved around September 2017. Um, so it was March. I was trying to like find work. Looking around on the internet like we all do to find theater jobs, I find this stage, soundstage life gig for dressers. I had no idea who they were. I didn't know that they were new. It was in a Segundo Performing Arts Center. And I lived in like South LA. It was really far from me. I had no car. <laughs> I had like everything against me to like make it in LA. <laughs> now that yeah. I think about it. Like I didn't know anybody. I came after college. So like I didn't network. I decided to take the job. Not knowing how I was going to get to the job. <laughs> I figured out like the bus going to the theater. So we finished late. I don't know how. It's like costumes are basically always the last ones to go home. Yep. Yep. Except maybe security. Who's like kicking us out <laughs> to leave. <laughs> Like, okay, you lost the building 10 minutes ago. You really got to leave. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know how I was going to get home. I took the job. And the first day I met you, if you don't know LA, like it's not like New York, that public transportation is 24-7. Like in LA, it's not like that. But I didn't have anything to get back home. And taking an Uber every day would have been like the whole paycheck. <laughs> Thankfully, I met you and you gave me a ride home all the week. Yeah. <laughs> Just nice to have someone to talk with about the job and just like chill out at the end of a very long day i think you talk about that about me like i don't stress out <laughs> super chill that was fun how did you get the job oh how did i get the job mm -hmm. um well it's networking actually and it's a it's a very roundabout way of of the networking so so as you said in the intro i went to college at well i went to university at uh, california state university of long beach and um i went to community college also in long Beach. I met Stacy Hennon Stone, who got me this Little Mermaid gig. But um, I guess she and Tanya were friends. So when she heard Tanya was looking for people, she's like, oh, I know the perfect person. She does cosplay, she does costuming. You need her on your staff. So, like you said, our custom designer for the show was Tanya. Yeah, and she was super rad. Mm -hmm. I miss her. So, we did the Little Mermaid, and we also had a few celebrities in our show. Remember that we had some people come visit us backstage? 
stage. Mm-hmm. And I know that we had some some seasoned actors who had done the roles before for The Little Mermaid. Yeah, sure. The Little Mermaid, we had Todrick Hall. That was the opening. <gasps> oh my goodness, you're right. And it's funny because every time I see him, see like a music video of his or friends talking about, mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, I met that guy. And I yeah. completely forget about that until I hear about him. But he's so, he was really nice. He was so surprising for me because Tanya told us that he was coming to be the opening. I didn't know who he was because, like, I'm bad with names. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know who it is. But, like, when I saw him, I'm like, oh, my God. I saw him in the Kinky Boots on Broadway before I moved to LA. I saw him perform. He was magnificent. It was so great. Like, And my friend, like, she invited me over. She was supposed to go with her aunt, but her aunt canceled. She had third row tickets. It was my first time so close. The perfect show to be in the front. He was so good. I always, when, when we did the, when we had him, I wanted to say it. But, like, when I work with celebrities, I don't like to bother them. I like to yeah. treat them like another person. Maybe we can talk about some things. But like I'm not gonna be like, and even though like I wanted to be like, oh my god, I saw you on Broadway and it was so good. Never got to. I was like, no. <laughs> so it was funny. Like he, our theater, I think it was a school, right? Like a high school or something. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Yeah. We were being super lost the first day. I'm like, where am I supposed to go? So it was a school. So like they did have dressing rooms, but like <laughs> not like a VIP one. So we had to like figure <laughs> no. out one for. Oh, it was so crowded. (laughs) And then and then we had to share the costume shop with Todrick and his backup dancers. Yeah, that's another story. Like he came, so let's try to tell people what he did before. So the show is The Little Mermaid. It seems like he's a fan of Disney shows and he does a lot of YouTube videos about it. I saw a couple of videos that he did about Disney movies. I think maybe he was friends with the founders of the company and that's how he got involved in mm-hmm. it. Because it seems so random for like just a play that it's going to be like three days show. And he's going to be the opening of the play. Which it was something new because i never done a play that had an opening separate from the play right yeah he did like a little songs he interacted a lot with the audience like he brought people to was the career he was very funny yeah i wish i could remember better i know that there was a part where they were like tossing around inflatables yeah and stuff like that and just getting the audience hyped up for the performance which i think is actually a brilliant idea because i mean i mean especially like with matinees Every time, every time I'm working behind stage on a matinee, the directors, the stage managers are all like, okay, we know it's a matinee. The audience is not going to be super energetic, but you got to keep that energy up. But I mean, if you got someone hyping you up, making you play along, then I mean, you're going to, you're going to have a better audience. Because he did the pre-show, he had dancers, his dancers. Yeah, they were fun too. Yeah, it was like, like around five kind of five or six people yeah i think it was six total probably so like you had i don't know it was it was a handful yeah you had to think about we're in the custom shop in the made-up custom shop (laughs) (laughs) we had to make up this 
dividing into the room. Do alterations and fittings. We are sharing the costume shop, which we yeah. divided with so him. We had to divide it. We had to divide the costume shop. And I remember because it was already not a very big costume shop. And it was mostly a storage room for furniture that mm-hmm. they weren't using. Mm-hmm. So, so they had to like clean out all of that furniture. And they had to hang up lights and mirrors and set up tables. And, and it was a very cramped space. And if we, how are we going to move around each other and let the dancers through and also alter these costumes? Mm-hmm. And then we couldn't even alter them permanently because they were all rentals. It was it was a very interesting experience that I've never really done ever since. So then he opened for us. And also, I think it was on the opening day, we had one celebrity, Jerry O'Connell and his wife and his kids. I remember, I remember, I don't know, someone had interviewed them and taken pictures and stuff like that. And I got to see the magazine article a couple of days later because the cast had them because he had taken a picture with his wife and kids and, uh, and the little uh, mermaid playing Ariel. Yeah. Yeah. I think so that was cool. such like fun moment for me because like when you think about celebrities, you have this image of them. But in that yeah. moment, it was him with his kids excited to meet Ariel yeah it was really cute mm-hmm. Missy oh also we didn't say like we were supposed to be like the little mermaid is obviously on the water so we have some uh-huh. flying around too <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness and we had to have a stage double for the flying part because and this makes so much sense to me right because like I've never done any sort of aerial thing on stage it's probably like and by aerial I mean not the mermaid but like you know up in the air aerial mm-hmm. like AE I've never done anything like that it's probably terrifying to be flipping around and also making a costume change at the same time <laughs> but I remember that we had to have a it was one of the quick changes that we were in charge of because one of the one of the seven daughters of Triton who wasn't one of the six daughters of Triton who were Ariel, you know, then had to change into a wig and a, and a mermaid and a little mermaid costume, you know, an Ariel costume, and then do the flippy business and then get changed back into her next costume. It was very busy backstage. Yeah, you know, I think I still have my uh, I think I still have my quick change chart somewhere and I'm glad we had that chart because it was I mean, even with the four of us, like going, going, going it was a mm-hmm. lot of costumes. Yeah, I think people don't really I don't know if it was because of um, the way it was directed like with the flying stuff but it was a really quick changes like really quick you know I honestly gotta blame Broadway on this one because it it is a lot it's a lot of changes but I I really do gotta I gotta I gotta give credit to Broadway on that one because what happens is especially with very popular shows like Disney shows or other ones that go just like off the rails like Hamilton or Phantom Cat stuff like that when they leave Broadway and go to other states and cities people want to see the Broadway show up to the rest of us to try and mimic that Broadway show is they want to see the magic they couldn't see in New York they want to see all the different costumes and the sets and the props and it's just up to us to try and make that happen with a much smaller budget and a lot less room <laughs> I remember they had that cool app going on as well that was like you know interactive with the stage mm-hmm. you know where if you have a smartphone you could like make bubbles appear on the screens or something they had all those LED screens mm-hmm. that was such a cool idea yeah that's one of the reasons it sounds stage live like they um their idea was to be interactive I think it was a good idea maybe they were a bit like early like maybe ahead of time and they needed to work on more stuff it was a it was a an app that had some issues what was this like what year was it do you remember 2015 
26, 2018. 2018? Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. my memory is so bad. It's a whole network, my dude. Mm-hmm. This is how it's like so great that you're able to find work in LA without knowing anybody because that's hard to do. I mean, I know it's a cliche, but it genuinely is. If you know them, you get the work. Mm-hmm. It's all about who you know because that's the way it is in theaters. You're never working on just one show. Mm-hmm. you're like halfway through one show and then you're starting up the next one because you know you're gonna have that gap in the middle otherwise so it's like you start one you start another one finishes the other one's still going you start another yeah that's what's interesting about theater it's like i can count in one hand when i use a resume like it's more of like word mouth kind of deal right and yeah. that's that's why i moved back to new york i'm like this is where i know most of the people and True. where i'm gonna work more like i right before the pandemic hit I had two get I had so much work that was well paying enough turned down offers for other work. I was like, ah, well, I don't have the time to do this. So I'm gonna pass it on to a friend. It was so rad. I was working and this is maybe something that people who aren't in costuming don't know about, but getting paid hourly is like I don't think people realize how many hours go into making these outfits and you know frequently costumes are there before everyone and they leave after almost everyone because you know you've got to set everything up and then you've got to take it all back down so I had several hourly paying jobs lined up I was working for Tyra Tyra Bank and I'm not saying I was high up in the food chain at that job but I was on the costume crew with my boss from another from another gig who needed costume people it's like oh yeah I know you I trust you you do good work so I'm working on this one I was getting 15 an hour I could have gone full-time it was a good gig and then and then you know it starts off with a bunch of whispers you know we can't get these costume items delivered because they're coming from China and China is not shipping out anything because of coronavirus COVID-19 because you know they're shutting everything down so that it doesn't spread all of theater is just not a thing it's just not happening and so you know it's just funny seeing these events I had planned on my calendar pass by like oh I had a production meeting for this I I was supposed to have fittings this day and it's like and that's just not it's just not and that's just been the way it's been since like geez last April for me you know, it used to be just go, 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 worry about your sleep later, just get the show going. <laughs> That's what people don't get about the arts and when the pandemic happens is yeah. when you work in the theater or in the arts, you always worry about the next gig. Like I'm doing yeah. this, so what is next? And like we, when they stop everything, it's like, so what do we do now? <laughs> right? There's just nothing. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like at the beginning, we all thought it was going to be a few months, maybe by the full time. Because like summertime is not that, at least in New York, for me, it's not that busy in gigs. Yeah. So like, I'm like, okay, by the full time, we're going to be back. I was working in the circus and they are like seasonal. Well, I was hoping that we're coming back on the full to close up for the podcast. Oh, yeah. What is it that you think that is going to happen for now, 2021? What are you hoping to happen? Got a lot of, I've got a lot of hopes for the year. And then to not let them get too big. You get your, you get, you dream too big. And sometimes you get disappointed. And sometimes you get tired. So my hopes are that people will start treating this seriously so that we can finally move on. So I'm, I'm hoping that we can all come back. Really, my hopes are that the, the current timeline that we've got for theater is we're hoping to return in summer yeah i think that people don't understand it's like the people that work in the arts we're not working because we don't want to we can we depend on the live audience 
I think that's yeah. one of the things that I miss about theater and like live shows is the audience. That's my favorite part. Like after working and I like getting everything and like to be backstage and listen to the response. Yeah. That's my favorite part. So I miss that feedback, that, that interaction. When Genuinely I work in, same, yeah. same. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I work, October's my busy month. October, September, October, November, that's my busy time. And I, I worked at um, a Halloween event and one of my one of my roles on the, on the job is to go through the mazes and make sure the monsters all have their stuff on right putting on their own things they brought from home or whatever you know and it's really fun just like to go around the event and just see people having fun it's a fun job it's so fulfilling to see the way people respond to your work give your social media for people to be able to connect with you i gotta say i'm not really a big press on social media if you need a custom designer a dresser in the los angeles area if you you need someone to make you a halloween costume I get really popular around Halloween for Halloween costumes. You need a costume. (laughs) DM us at Instagram, the 7 p.m. Cafe Podcasts, and I'll hook you up with Becca. Thank you, Lucy. This has been so fun. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, very happy to.